Hey guys, this is Liz Cambage. This is Nikki Collins. What up, guys? This is Essence Stark. Hey, this is Imani Media Stafford. Hey, this is Jordan Canada. This is Asia Wilson. Welcome to the WNBA Nation. What's up, WNBA Nation? It's another Monday full of drama in W Twitter land. So obviously, <laughs> we're going to be all over it. Man, I am in studio with my co-host Kyle Haywood. What's up, Kyle? Logan, this might be the first official time that we've actually recorded not like in separate locations. We're actually in the same location today, which will be really easy for editing, hopefully. We don't have to <laughs> throw so many uh throw different, you know, four different tracks in. We can just uh edit this one, which will be really nice, but yeah, I'm excited to talk about everything everything that's going down today. Primarily, just so everybody knows, today we are not going to be talking WNBA standings, WNBA results. We'll hit that later on the in the week because the topic we're going to cover today is going to take plenty of time um, and uh, kind of outside of regular scheduled WNBA reporting. Boom. Yeah, I think a lot of podcasts record together in the same rooms and they're like oh it'd be so hard to do it over zoom and i'm i'm so unused to this i'm just like yeah this feels like i want well, I, I mean if you have something to say i want to step on any toes because i'm right next to you um yeah team usa olympic women's basketball team announced their roster today um to the, the to my joy in the morning when i saw the roster you'd sent it to our chat i thought man that's a freaking that, that list of names is pretty incredible and then very quickly, I realized that there was going to be fallout from this, uh, from the W kind of Twitterverse, and I'm sure you podcast listeners had some thoughts as well. So we're going to go through some of the more, I guess, volatile names on the list, analyze maybe whether they need to be there or whether the, the committee messed up. There, there. Uh, well, let's just get ahead of this from, from the get-go. There are certainly politics at play when it comes to these things. Absolutely. But, but I, I personally think that this roster represents the best Team USA roster they could have put together. I, I'll just get that out now. I'm, I'm not upset by this roster at all. No. Um, but I understand the desire for people to see a couple of their couple of their faves on the team, and, and one in particular that we're going to talk about. So just, just wanted to get my blanket take on the roster out of the way. Uh, I'm very excited for this. I think people that are not necessarily fans of the W but recognize a couple of these names, and that's not the most important thing, but like you do want people to watch the games and see that Team USA is dominant, um, and I, I think a lot of this roster is going to attract that sort of attention. So, Kyle, how do you feel about it? Uh, yeah, no, those were some of my initial thoughts as well. It's a, it's obviously it's some of the best of the best, right? Um, we'll get into like you mentioned, discussing who's who maybe could have also been on this roster. Um, but if you look at all twelve of the names of of these players. There's not a single person on here that you're like, ah, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have them representing Team USA. Um, every one of them is, you know, deserves to be here. The problem is there's 12 roster spots. We get this argument all the time that there's 144 roster spots in the WNBA, and that's it. And some of the teams don't even feel the full roster, and so oftentimes it's down, you know, 140, 139, like the amount of players who are actually playing in the league. And we get frustrated because it's like, man, there's not enough rosters. There's so much talent out there. We're not being able to to have all of it available. And then you take that to 12. It's impossible to really say that there's that many players not deserving. 
So obviously there's going to be some feelings hurt, there's going to be some issues, and there's going to be different opinions. But overall, again, congratulations to all 12 of these women who are uh, representing Team USA. Um, you know, with, with the coaches, we'll, we'll also mention the coaches, Coach Don Staley, Coach Dan Hughes, Cheryl Reeve, and Jennifer Rosati. Um, really excited. Fantastic staff, fantastic roster. Really looking forward to seeing these individuals compete uh, and represent Team USA heading into the Tokyo Olympics. Uh, so, Logan, let's talk... Let's talk some of the reaction, though. Let's let's talk, yeah. you get some of the heated takes we'll, out of the we'll way. We'll get to the spilt tea here right away. So, the the player that is, I think, off-purported to be the, the biggest snub is Neko Gumake, who did not make the roster despite being an MVP, a WNBA champion, face of the WNBA Players Association. Um, attend, you know, we've, we've heard now over Twitter through people in her inner circle that um, her injury was expected to be subsided, I guess, by, by the time the Olympics were rolling around. She's attended every practice. She's been to all the camps. And in in kind of a hearsay sort of way, it sounds like maybe NECA received a sort of the impression that she would be given a spot after not making the 2016 team. Is that I don't think anybody can confirm whether that happened or not, but that's sort of the impression that we're gathering from what people around her are right, saying. Right, right. And, and to be completely fair, Neka Gumake deserves to be on this roster for not only what she does on the court, but also off the court. She has done, she's done as much to further women's basketball and to improve the livelihood of the, of the players in the WNBA as much as pretty much anyone else that you can think of. And so I think that there's an especial there, there's there's especially some some hurt feelings there when you consider that she she was left off and she's played such an integral role in the health of women's basketball in the United States. So so I understand that. So Logan, let's say that we want to have NECA on the squad. What arguments do you have? Like like who who do you replace to bring NECA onto the squad? It, um, you know, just we've got the twelve pulled up right here in front of us, and so Logan, I, I want to just kind of ask you: What are you hearing people say who should who should be replaced, who shouldn't be on the squad, and uh, what are, what's your take on that? Uh, to me, there's only one answer to that question. Um, there there are some players I consider untouchable on this squad that I've seen slandered on Twitter today because people are thinking like, oh, like you know, they they should have been the last one in or the first one out, sort of thing. Really, the only one I can see is I think Diana Tarazi's injury and age. I uh, like that to me seems like she doesn't need to be on on Team USA's roster. I understand that she's been on the recovery path longer than NECA has, but if you're gonna argue someone's coming back from injury and we want them on there, I think NECA probably has a stronger case than Tarazi this year, and that's from a a big Tarazi fan, and I know you are too. Everybody else that people are saying like I. I don't want to get mad at individual Twitter accounts. Like when I say people are saying it could be one or two, like it, right. it's not necessarily like a, a big, I, I think most people recognize Tina Charles has played MVP basketball this year. Right. I think most people recognize that even though you might be sick of Bree Stewart and Sue Bird, basically running the show in women's basketball from Seattle, they're having amazing seasons and we can dig into the numbers behind those. I'm happy to do so. I have all the tabs pulled up, but I think Tarazi's the only one, that makes sense because you're. I'll tell you who you're not pulling, Sylvia Fowles. Yeah, because well, because no. we want to talk like, you know, like we're not talking about just the top. We uh, you got to recognize you can't have 
you know, 12 power forward and centers. Right. You got to have some guards too. So if we're going to replace NECA, I think primarily you're going to want to you're going to want to look at your bigs, your power forwards, your centers, which on this squad kind of boils down to Tina Charles. Nope. Um Sylvia Fells. Nope. Brittany Griner. I don't think so. Not this season at least, right? Um maybe an argument the previous season or two. Sure. sure. But this season she's playing phenomenal. Brianna Stewart, MVP, and Asia Wilson, last year's MVP. So, who you t- yeah? Who do you take off? Um, Nafisa Collier's a guard forward. She's kind of that wing. She's you know she's she kind of plays a two through four, um, and probably slightly closer to a power forward. If you want to argue Nafisa Collier, maybe, maybe it's a maybe for me. It weakens your your guard wing depth, which I think you want. I, and, right. and from from the roster, I think it's obvious that Team USA and their coaches, I think that's what they wanted, was like a roster of healthy bigs and then wings and guards that can do a lot of scoring and spot up shoot from outside. And and I think that uh, for example, Asia, I feel like Neca's game is closer to maybe Asia Wilson's than it is Nafisa Collier's. So they're not a, a straight, you know, a, a straight across swap either. Um, so. Uh, you can ask Logan, you can ask me, you can ask Steve or Jason. We talk about Neko Gumake and how incredible she is off mic constantly. We're huge, huge fans. We would love to see her on this. Um, and uh, and I know that there's there's some history here. We also, those of you who are maybe new to the WNBA scene or, or maybe checking out this this episode in particular just in preparation for the Olympics... A lot of people I also saw. Well, where's Candace Parker? Because she's had a uh, she's had a lot of um, discussion, sure. especially you know heading back to Chicago. Candace was not in the running for the 2021 version of USA Basketball, and that is actually kind of a touchy subject. In going back into the reasons why she kind of severed the ties with USA Basketball, um, you know, going back. Uh, a lot of people now. Again, we weren't in the rooms, and we actually weren't super involved with with uh, women's hoops at the time that this was all going down. So we don't know as much as a lot of other people. Uh, a lot of other people do. You can definitely go check out some other resources to to get some info on this. Basically, there was a lot of going back and forth on maybe Candace was only left off of the roster because she and. Uh, Connecticut and UConn had kind of some some heated, um, you know, background, and they were rivals all through college. And Coach Gino of UConn fame was the head coach of USA Women's Basketball, and so there was a lot of like, well, you know, it's this committee and it's the coaches, and and you know, she was snubbed. Totally understand all of that. Totally understand it. So, um, if you're wondering, that was. Candace has basically said she's not going to do anything with USA basketball and hasn't for several years. And so if you're wondering where she is, that's that's kind of where you're made where made you, the decision from. maybe a little easier on yeah. the coaches just knowing exactly. she's probably she's, probably she's not yeah, she wasn't in the field. So um but yeah, that's uh, I I I am curious cuz a lot of people I I would agree with you. If you're going to take one person off because uh, if you're going to say NECA doesn't get it because of injury, I don't get why Diana Taurasi's on then. Um, other than, like, legacy and recognition from, like, national media, obviously Diana Taurasi's been a long-standing figure in women's hoops, and to the common, you know, non-women's basketball fan, they probably recognize Taurasi quicker than they recognize yeah. NECA. So... 
maybe that's where that comes in, but that's the only argument that you can really give, um, you know, is, is having, uh, as far as like on this year specifically. Yeah. So Logan, I'm, I'm just curious, what are some other thoughts that you have on this topic? Well, I know we've been talking about it all day long. I want to yeah, allow you some I time. recognize that players getting in for name recognition alone could be really frustrating uh, especially when players are up there in their careers. Tarazi and Sue Bird, this is both their fifth selection because as as number one overall picks when they were just young guns in the league, they both made Team USA. And I I am annoyed, I think, that Sue Bird is getting pulled into the same discussion as the Tarazi pick, which is like, mm-hmm. oh, like it's a, it's a prestige pick because people know the names. I think people are overlooking what Sue Bird has been doing this season. Maybe we have too because we've talked a lot of Bree Stewart and we've talked up Jewel Lloyd because Jewel Lloyd deserves all the gassing up we can give her this season. Um, Sue Bird is having an incredible year as well. Um, I I ran the numbers on across the timeline earlier today, um, which is a fun stat site to play around with if you haven't before, and was just trying to sort by what other seasons exist like Sue's having right now, which is she's she's averaging 11 points, 6 assists a game on over 50% shooting. The list is two names. It's Sue Bird and Courtney Vandersloot. And, and was that Courtney Vandersloot this year? 2017, Courtney Vandersloot. Okay, so only one other season in, yeah. in WNBA history. So so of all the players and all the seasons that have ever existed, you know, granted, it's a sample size of 10 games, so I tried to expand it a little bit, and I went down to, let's see, double-digit scoring, six assists or more per game, 45% shooting, just, like, really efficient. I expected the list to be 50 names long because I figured that's, like, a doable number for a lot of teams. It's nine seasons in the in the entire history of the WBA that, that's happened, and four of them are Courtney Vandersloot, <laughs> who's playing so, for Team Hungary, yeah. by the way. Yeah, yeah. So she's not a snub. And then two are Bird, and then another one is Chelsea Gray this year, who so, is on the team. So Chelsea Gray and Sue Bird both this year are doing it, and they're and, both on the team. And the last one is Candace Parker. That's the list. Okay. Not a lot. It, it doesn't happen. So I realize she's not putting up like huge numbers in terms of like the points column. But she's distributing well because she's got teammates who can shoot the ball, which makes sense. And at the age of 40, she's still as an efficient shooter as, as exists on the floor. I, I've seen tweets saying maybe Diamond DeShields should have got in over Sue Bird. Diamond DeShields is having a bad shooting year. Yeah. I Like, if, if you're Team USA, of course there's some politics that play into these decisions. I'm not going to ignore that, that that is probably true. We don't see what goes on behind closed doors in those discussions. But you can absolutely justify Sue Bird's place on this team with numbers from this year alone. If you just listed her as player A and every other guard, player B through Z, you would put her on the team. And then as a bonus, you get someone who's been there before, not going to feel pressure in a Team USA situation, is honestly one of your captains and leaders of the team, which I think is important. When, when people are saying we need to get more young stars, their opportunities. I completely agree with that. I love that Nafis Collier's up there. I love that Ariel Atkins is in there. Um, but I, you need the leadership. And you need you can't just assume that because you're Team USA, you're going to roll over every team and get a gold medal. They're taking this very seriously, and they're trying to put the most talented squad together they can. And you have to have someone who's going to find every one of these other talented players on the floor and going to shoot over 50% from everywhere on the floor. Mm. So here's a question, because if you were to look at, you know, uh, USA Women's Team, you know, roster announced, and you just Googled that, um, pretty much every result had Sue Bird and Diana Taurasi's name on it. 
Sure. Like they're headlining the they're headlining this, right? Which I do find funny. I feel yeah, which is ironic <laughs> because they might get some pretty limited minutes when you consider, you know, um, you know, Chelsea Gray, I figure Chelsea Gray and Sue Bird are probably going to split a lot of minutes at the point guard spot. I don't know if one's going to get, you know, drastically a ton more minutes than the other. And DT probably won't get a lot of minutes just based on where she plays coming back from injury. So this reminds me just a little bit of that 1992 men's basketball dream team with the Magic and Bird kind of like kind of leaving the NBA kind of like on the tail end of their career sure. it's coming old, coming yeah, it's back but it's because team. but they were coming back having not had the opportunity to play in the Olympics before because prior to that it was college kids you know this is the first time that wow. the pros could do it Sue and DT have had that opportunity four other occasions. So this is their fifth opportunity. Now, do you think that because this was a chance for these two players to get a fifth gold medal, that that played heavily into having them be selected onto the team? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think you punish players for being really good when they're young, which Mm -hmm. is what that would be if you left them off this year's team. Just like, hey, you've already got four you know, leave some room for the other. It's like, no, if you're still playing in this league and you're still elite, like we, (laughs) if you've proven like the, the number one indicator of future success is past performance. If you've proven you can bring a gold medal home and you're still playing at an elite level, of course we're going to put you on the team. Mm. Like that, that's true for every sport. That's true in your fantasy football league. Like (laughs) if, if you've got a player who can go out and get it done for you, and they're and they're proving that they're still out there this year doing it. You gotta you gotta find a way. And that's I wonder if again I think people are looking at this through the wrong end of the scope, which is like, oh, these players have done it before. Leave room for the others. It's like, no, these players. This is their last opportunity and a rare opportunity to get five. And those those younger players, they're gonna get theirs. They're gonna mm. get their opportunity. I think some of the frustration with Neca is she's caught in the middle of that. She's not old guard. She's not twenty four years old. She's she's kind of waited for her opportunity and now is losing out on it because those you know forty year old legends are still at it, and I do get that frustration. Um, I think I, I don't want people coming away from this episode being like they don't like Neko Gumake. It's like no, I we love Neko. I, I would prefer to have her on this team over Tarazi. I I would because if you're gonna have one question mark injury player, take Neko over DT. I, I think that's what you do. Right. So. Here's a, we're going to take like a, a slight veer here as we kind of we're not going to stay on this for too long. Well, this will be a pretty short episode here, but I want to take a, a quick little veer here and just look at where these players are coming from as far as their pro teams go. And I've this has been really interesting. So as far as pro teams that are represented here, you've got two teams that have three players represented. And that's the Seattle Storm with Sue Bird, Jewel Lloyd, and Brianna Stewart. And then you've also got the Phoenix Mercury with Skylar Diggins-Smith, Brittany Griner, and Diana Taurasi represented. You've got a couple other teams that have two players represented. The Washington Mystics have Ariel Atkins and Tina Charles. The Minnesota Lynx have Nafisa Collier and Sylvia Fowles. And the Aces have Chelsea Gray and Asia Wilson. And that's it. Yeah. That's it. So if you count that, Logan, that's one, two, three, four, five teams in the league that have multiple players. There's not a single player on here that's the only player from their team. That's five teams represented in the league of 12 different teams. So 
I just I just think that's interesting. I don't I'm not saying that there's a that there's a uh, a trend or a reason behind it, but that is really interesting to me that only five teams are represented and two of those teams got three players uh got three players on the squad when seven other pro teams don't have a single player represented. We're talking the Sparks, we're talking the Wings, we're talking Chicago Sky, we're talking Connecticut Sun who are right at the top you know, right in the top tier, as you and I have said multiple times, that's a lot of different teams that don't have a single player even represented here. So, I mean, is it, are, any any thoughts on that? Is that <laughs> is that just a weird observation of mine, or is is maybe there's something to that? Uh, I do not care. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If if you're looking for like, oh, is this bad? Should there be more like diversity of teams out there? My first impression is a couple teams lose out on having their players there because John Quill Jones, Courtney Vandersloot, a couple players are are they have commitments to Emma other Me- country teams. Emma Me- well, Emma Meesman, I guess, plays for the Mystics, so that doesn't matter. But but yeah, you've got some players that Sabu probably... playing right Germany. Sure. Yeah. You have players that would be on there, but they're playing for their own nationality, and so like that's part of it. And then another part of it is if you're bugged that Seattle gets three players on and you're like, oh, Seattle gets all the attention. Well, Seattle just marched their way to a championship last year and pants to the Vegas Aces in the process. Yeah. And they have three of the 15 best players in the league on their roster, which is why they're so freaking good. So we don't talk about the like the finals and especially that final game probably as much as we should because we like Asia Wilson and the Aces a lot. But they like just kicked their butts. Yeah, it was like, like, <laughs> it was it was like the least interesting playoff run from a championship team like ever. Yeah, so, like the, if you wanted like fun elements of the of the playoffs, you had to watch the, the sun, la- the sun and the yeah. aces. Like that yeah. was that was a ton of fun. Don't watch pretty much all of last year's twenty twenty Seattle Storm team weren't like interesting games because they were blowing everybody out by like 30 and 40 points yeah they, so they were that dominant so that makes sense it is interesting yeah, if, though that we have three of the phoenix mercury that's, who that's seem the to more have, surprising one yeah who seem to have struggled the last couple seasons and especially this season seem to to be having a, a hard time even though Brittany griner is playing possibly the best basketball she's played in her career so far yeah, that's that's where like the DT selection kind of throws off. You know, there's there's only twelve spots, and so if you have a quarter of the team is the Phoenix Mercury, which is a team that isn't playing super well right now. Um, obviously, that that mixes with the formula in a way that like if you put a, a team from or a player from the Sky, or um, if you get Neca in there from the Sparks, like it, it probably looks a little bit more balanced. Um, but I don't. To me, that doesn't matter. To me, this is. I want the 12 best players. And mm-hmm. if three of those players happen to come from Seattle or Phoenix or whatever, like all the better. They know how to play together. It'll make, you know, make the team cohesion a lot easier to stitch together. It's part of the reason I, I absolutely think Chelsea Gray earned her spot on this roster. I think she's having a phenomenal year. But probably helps to have her on the same team as Asia Wilson. Right, you've got your post player and the point guard who's feeding the ball to the right. post. That makes sense. So And, and likewise, again, I've... I will throw numbers at you all day proving that Sue Bird <laughs> is having not just a great season, but like an all-time season from an efficiency standpoint. And to have her in there with Jewel Lloyd and Bree Stewart at the same time, I don't know if they'll ever have a lineup with those three in it, but they should. because That would be fun. If you get the Storm plus a couple All-Stars, yeah, if you have you're going to win Storm's the big, <laughs> Storm's big three, and you also have Nafisa Collier and maybe Skyler Diggins-Smith out there. Yeah. Or Brittany Griner out there. Who's beating that team? Yeah. Yeah, can you uh, can you imagine seeing Sue Bird, Nafisa Collier, Sylvia Fowles, Jewel Lloyd Bree Stewart? 
And then when you run the bench in, Tina Charles is going to drop 30 on your head. Yeah. And that's putting Asia Wilson, yeah, Asia Wilson, Brittany Griner, Tina Charles, like that's putting all of them on the yeah. bench. So I, I am not annoyed by the lack of 12 team in the WNBA representation. A couple of those right. teams weren't getting in anyway. Fever don't have any. Right. You're not going to have anyone from the Fever, maybe not from Atlanta. Probably not Dallas. Yeah. As the, although Dallas has been overperforming, they don't have maybe a one. I mean, Arike Agumbawale. I'm I'm excited would to be see, awesome. I would be I would be down. To I'm have excited Arike to see two. I would like Mabry and Ogumbawale to make the All Star team. I would love. I'm. That's the I other that. element of this that we'll kind of wrap up with this this point here. Unless you've if you got any other burning takes with the USA roster. O- only one more, and that's the Let's hear any anytime people see that Gino is involved in something and they see a lot of UConn players, they draw that. They draw that connection. They kind of right. they make that mental link, and they think like, ah, oh, politics, and it's all UConn driven. And I I do not care about that either. <laughs> okay. I'm a very like maybe I just need more sleep. But those are both things like getting players from every team isn't important to me, and getting players from a bunch of different colleges. Like I think it'll happen more and more in the future. But we're still in the era now where for like ten or fifteen years, UConn, UConn was... fed half the leagues players like they were right. they were the source of half of the league's best players for a long long time number one overall picks Paige Bukers is coming up she's gonna be the next one like that was them for for like remember like Stewie's college career they lost like one game ever or none or five I think it's five games over four years yeah like it, total you yeah. know so like that th- those teams produced so many stars in the league that again it's my same argument for Seattle that I just said it's just like well if they're the best players I don't really care that that's where they all originated for a long time, that was the only college that was like recruiting these types of players. Four years from now, I think the Olympic team will have more diversity in terms of colleges, right? Because UConn is dipping a little bit back into the mortal realm with a lot of other college teams. We saw that this year: Baylor, South Carolina. Like it's it's gonna be more mixed in the future, but right now we're still. I think maybe just because the WNBA has changed so much over the last mm. like four or five years, people have expected that element to fade away. It's like, no, like, guess what? These players are still playing awesome, and we should try to enjoy it because not a lot of if the NBA is to be instructive in any way, it's that you don't get five gold medals and a forty-year-old point guard like Sue very often, right? Like that, it just doesn't happen. And it would be cool to see. Like, I definitely want to see it. So, Logan. We want to close with this thought. We're going to let everybody know that the four of us, the four of us hosts, Logan, myself, Steve, and Jason, will all be in attendance in Las Vegas at this year's WNBA All-Star Game, which is uh, basically going to be an exhibition game between Team USA and the WNBA All-Stars who were not selected to be on Team USA. So those players who did not make this cut, you, if you want to, like, as a fan, get your vengeance for, <laughs> you know, your your particular player, you know, if it's NECA, if it's Diamond, if it's whoever it is that you're like, no, that's not right. I got to get them, uh, you know, I, I got to get them, you know, some recognition. Vote heavily in the WNBA All-Stars right now. You should, you can vote once a day. Go on and vote for your player that you think deserves to be in that All-Star game. Um, we're going to be there. We're really excited. We're hoping that several of you are going to be able to make that trip um, and uh, and come hang out and be around at, at WNBA All-Star Weekend. If you're planning on being there, we would love to hang out. We're going to try and find a location that we can just uh, post up maybe that, that morning 
prior to the game and just uh, hang out for a bit. We'll pick a location and we'll just do a hangout. We'll do just kind of like a big uh, a big meetup with a bunch of our WNBA family. family. And we'll keep you posted um, with that. We'll announce more on that through the podcast and also make sure that you're watching our Twitter account. If you are planning on making the trip and we can uh, and we can hook up sometime and, and, and chat, hit us up with a DM on Twitter. We'd love to, to visit with you and and kind of see uh, what your plans are as far as being down there for that uh, those couple days. Um, but yeah, we're really excited about this. It's going to be a ton of fun, and uh, it's going to be the first time ever that all four of us will be at a WNBA event together in person, which is oh kind gosh. of crazy to think about. Yeah, that's actually. true. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, Jason, our our editor and producer on the on the back uh, on the back end of things. He hasn't attended a WNBA function with any of the other three of us in person, which is changing here on uh, uh, July 3rd? July, oh, right. July 2nd or 3rd. I can't remember which day it is. Um, but there's a, I think it's on the 2nd. Um, I'm, I'm, my wife and I are flying out to Dallas to, to go to a game. Uh, it's the Chicago Sky are playing down in Dallas, and my wife and I are flying out to go see that with Jason and his wife. Uh, so if you're going to be at that, game as well hit us up uh, with a dm and and jason and i would love to come uh say hey and, and meet you in person as well so a couple of of those things coming up excited logan i'm congrats again i just want to run through this roster one more time and just let i don't know if we ever actually did that in alphabetical order here are your is your 2021 team usa women's basketball team Ariel Atkins, Sue Bird, Tina Charles, Nafisa Collier, Skylar Diggins-Smith, Sylvia Fowles, Chelsea Gray, Brittany Griner, Jewel Lloyd, Brianna Stewart, Diana Taurasi, and Asia Wilson. Congratulations to all 12 of you. We are, are super excited to cover um, all that's coming in women's basketball throughout the Olympics um, and, and really, really pumped. This is our first Olympics um, yeah. that will have happened since we've started our show. So we're really excited about this and uh, and pump moving forward. Anything else we need to leave uh, listeners with before we take off, Logan? Yes, two bullet point takeaways that I want listeners to, to have in their back pocket coming away from this episode. One is you should be thrilled that this is your Team USA because they're going to bring home a gold medal. And we're excited to watch every matchup and and support them on their pursuit for another one. And I like... I get so pumped for the Olympics. It's it's really the uh, it's the most national pride I ever really feel is when Team USA swimming and Team USA gymnastics and you know other sports that I maybe don't pay as much attention to, like like I'll I'll tune in to like the Team USA like rapids competition if it means <laughs> that we can bring home a gold. And so I I know we've talked a lot about like kind of some of the sniping going on on Twitter today and some of the people that were unhappy. I think. For the most part, people should be very happy because this is an incredibly talented group. Your second takeaway should be that that all-star game between the soon-to-be-named all-star team and this team is probably going to be the best matchup of any Olympic or Olympic break or all-star break games you're going to watch because I would be shocked if Candace Parker didn't have a group message going on with other prospective all-stars saying, we're going to get these guys, right? Like, Oh, yeah. I, we, we want I to beat kind of want that, yeah. In fact, it would be very fun. A very Mighty Ducks thing to do would be if fans could vote in an all-star team and Team USA could select their team and the winner gets to go to the Olympics. I, I think you could make the all-star game incredibly high stakes. This is such a dumb idea. Don't anyone take this seriously. But <laughs> it'd be a very fun thing to do 
if if Team USA made their picks and then fans got to say like, all right, this this is the team we assembled, and whoever wins All Star Weekend July fourteenth, that's your national. Uh, <laughs> that would be actually team. really fun. Yeah, <laughs> that would actually be really cool. That's such a bad dumb thing I just said, but <laughs> but I really. But it am, would make a great Disney movie. <laughs> I, I think there is intrigue to the All Star Game more so than usual because instead of the outcome just being let's all have a good time. It's there's going to be some people that thought they were going to be on that. They feel a little team, bit, yeah, they're going to have something jaded. to prove. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, love it. All right, well, everybody, thank you so much. We appreciate it. Uh, we'll wrap things up there. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, make sure that you're connecting with us on Twitter, on Twitch. Um, again, if you have Amazon Prime, you can subscribe to our Twitch channel for absolutely free. Um, and it doesn't cost anything to you. You can do that once a month, and it sends a couple bucks our way to help us promote and uh, pr- not promote, but produce this show. So we appreciate that. Um, but for WNBA Nation, I'm Kyle Haywood. I'm Logan Jones. And we got you next time.